What's up, adventurers? I'm Chris, aka Tatty Bojangles, aka everybody's favorite sad boy gnome. I'm here to talk to you about fan roll dice. Look, we all love dice. They're the little knickknacks that make the clickety clacks and help us do a whole bunch of maths. That's why we've teamed up with Fanroll Dice to offer our listeners 10% off when you use the code ADVENTURER10. With everything from resin to sharp edge silicone, mini little babies to chunky beefy boys, and beautiful liquid core and gemstone dice, Fanroll Dice has you covered. So head on over to FanRollDice.com and use code ADVENTURER10 to get 10% off. Now, back to the action. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of fantasy fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. Now ever. Now ever? I fucking do that every week. Now ever? As ever. The new word. Now ever? As ever. I'm joined by the usual band of dice-rolling deviants. First up. Coming to us live and direct from the mystical land of Finland is Mr. Matt Durant. Mitakulu? Moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitakulu? Hyvin, kiitos. Entä sinä? Entä sinulla? Ke, ke. Makutama, shamaholomo, yamayamayasama, he taronto gosh. Gracias, gracias. Bonjour. Guys, I just checked. We've lost all of our listeners. Oh, <laughs> come on. Did you understand me? We're no longer a podcast. <laughs> We're a hate crime. We've been cancelled. We've been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> kulu. Does that work? That's okay. That means, um, how is it going? Yes. It? As you know. There you go. And I said, Menehuven, it goes into the good. Enter Sinola. And for you. And I pretended to be Spanish. Excellent. Well, there you go, <laughs> listeners. You did pretend to be a Jawa for a little bit as well. No, it was... Um... Oh, no, but you were using the thing from C-3PO, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Toronto Gosh. <laughs> well, he's talking about the um, Attack Walkers. There you go, listeners. My finish is getting better two words at a time. I think once I, once I put the smut to bed, the, the, the conversational finish has, has been a strong point. There you go. Anyway. Right. Next up, we have the ever slippery Mr. Chris Rag. How you doing, my fine friend? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. Thanks. Good to have you guys back. I do miss you guys in the midweek. There's not enough silliness in my life without you guys. So it's always oh. good to catch up with you. And of course, last but not least, we have a man who needs no introduction. You know him from his best selling book on penis puppetry entitled little head riding hood <laughs> it's mr chris Neil. little head riding hood you fucking deviant what i'm very well thank you i um that really tickled me uh <laughs> that really tickled me the head of the shark what was tickled <laughs> i'll let you decide excellent dealer's choice okay Yes. Yes. <laughs> I write erotic parodies of children's stories. <laughs> <laughs> I said parodies. Parodies. <laughs> this is ripe for parody. <laughs> That's not how AJ will edit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to... Uh, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll save us from getting cancelled in the edit. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I was penning those in uh, in a planning meeting, giggling to myself. Uh, I was particularly proud of of little head riding hoods. Very good. There you go. Right now, then we've actually had some reviews in. <gasps> a lady or a man, I have no idea what they are, called Skeptical Sorcerer, gave us one star out of five. Boo! And they said this podcast is like a D and D game run by Monty Python's less funny cousin. The accents are amusing, but the plot is a tangled mess of spaghetti. Not my cup of tea. One star. So there you go. We've got a review. Isn't the point of D&D to be a shitty spag bowl? <laughs> like- <laughs> Thank you, Skeptical Sorcerer, for your thoughts. <laughs> Everyone is entitled to their opinion, even if that opinion is a wrong-ass opinion. But we thank you for gracing us with your opinion. I like that they stay true to their name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? I just enjoy being called Monty Python's less funny cousin. Like, clearly the inbred one who tries to marry one of the other cousins. Yeah. There you go. If you ever want to know what the people think about us, you do now know. Although there was that guy that included us in, in their top, was it like top eight or top ten podcasts? Yes! And we weren't far behind Critical Role. We weren't. We were ahead of Worlds Beyond Number, which is a fairly new podcast, but is still wild yeah. uh, that we, we were included above them. That is bloody exciting. So thank you for that stellar review. Yeah. Made my weekend. Hmm. We, we did also have someone else write in. Uh, just a total wrote in, and uh, they were replying. They've caught up with some episodes. They finally got to the bit with the Fiat 500 that Chanel was talking about several episodes ago. And they said uh, their first car was a Fiat 126. They once managed to cram five mates and three ducks into the back of. Are they a real person or are they an NPC on this podcast? Because (laughs) they sound like they should be on this podcast. It's at Sports Psycho on Twitter. Just a total. Nice. What they didn't say is that three of the ducks are inclusive of the five friends. I wondered that, yeah. Oh, what, like crispy hoisin duck? Yeah, that actually, if they were delivering Chinese takeaway. <laughs> yeah. You can just bag it up. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, were the three humans part of the Chinese takeaway as well? Because this gets darker. If it's like <laughs> salt and pepper shin or something like that, right? So it was five friends, including three ducks. So that's so, yeah. two humans. Does humans. Okay, okay, okay. Right, there you go. That's a few reviews out of the way. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Raggy, Matt, and myself for this week's episode of The Adventurer's Anonymous Podcast. Right. Who's ready for a recap? Me, me, me. It's a short recap, you'll be glad. Give it to me. I'll I'll give it to you directly into your ears. Last we left off, our intrepid adventurers were on the cusp of a volcano, far out at sea on a desert island. Having to hastily take cover to avoid magma and stones raining down, they heard a hideous chuckle. Now, not long later, they were introduced to the form of a golden dragon who toyed with them momentarily before taking to the skies and flying back towards Maritopia. But not before Tatty had ascertained that the dragon had a patch of dry scales on its chest that included the fire elemental. 
one of the mystical MacGuffins that they'd spent considerable time tracking down. And so off they set on their sea barge back into the direction of Maritopia to track down this magnificent dragon. Oh yeah, and Hanash tried to exsanguinate Tati's pet wolf, Barbara. You can imagine how well that went down. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. Now, I don't know whether you want to pick up at the exact moment that you two had a falling out or whether you just want to have a nice little montage where you sail off into the sunset. I think as we kind of like end the conversation, Tatty's just going to be like, look, we can talk about this later. There's, there's, we've got to go deal with this dragon problem. And then Tatty's just going to go up to the helm where I imagine Barbara still is. And he's probably just going to focus on navigating the ship and making sure that Barbara's all right, making sure that she doesn't have any lasting damage. Okay. I uh, I turn to Elsia and like non vampires, eh? Uh, what are you do? <laughs> Mortals. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this power dynamic you two have. It's classic, cool. classic daywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> so you two are down in the hold, Tatty. You're up in the helm. You've smashed out the windows from memory. So that you can see, because well, I smashed out the front one. Yeah, yeah, okay. smashed out the okay. yeah, smashed out the windows. Okay, okay. Uh, just for reference, you would have used a barrel of oil getting to that island, so you will probably use another one going back to Maritopia. Um, okay, if you're marking them off. How many did we have left? I think we had like four. You didn't had we? four before we set off. Yeah, so you'd be. It was more. Yeah. Eh? It was one and two, I think. Well, you got you got two more from uh, the Aldani. Yeah. So you would have had four, then you went down to yeah. three. Now you're heading back towards two as you go back towards Maritopia. Yeah, you're out on the open seas. Now, I don't know what the two vampires want to get up to in the hold, but I can tell you that Tati is propped up on a stool with several cushions so that he can see over the wheel and out into the um, beautiful seas. Now, as you as you leave... Uh, the underwater volcano, the seas start clearing up and cleaning up. The air becomes purer and cleaner again. You can start feeling a nice, beautiful, cooling breeze. As you look behind you and you can see the ashy, smoky mess slowly vanishing into the background. Well, those of you on deck can see that anyway. Uh, Aristobulus has slipped off his shoes and is just dangling his feet over the side of the deck. And uh, Maud is is holding Keith close, slightly concerned after Keith's uh, very close near near death incident with a vampire. And Tatty, as you as you sit on your stool in the helm compartment, you reach over and you pick up the packet of water biscuits that you'd munched on. As you shake it down, there's a single dry water biscuit left on the bottom. As you stare out through the top of the wheel. As the waves, the azure waves roll up and down onto the horizon as the sun bakes down upon you. I'll give it to Barbara. Make sure, make sure she's eating something. Make sure she's all right. Barbara sniffs it tentatively and turns her nose away. Millions of years worth of evolution have pushed her away from a dry water biscuit to more of a, of a carnivorous diet. Okay. I'll finish it off. It, it has. That do you know when when you excitedly find a biscuit or a pack or a crisp or something you put it in your mouth and it is just hideously out of date, but uh, you munch on it thoughtfully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You also notice that Barbara is slightly more clingy than usual. As as a creature, she's fierce and brave and bold, 
But but the Hanash incident has shaken her up somewhat as she stays slightly closer to you and nuzzles your leg repeatedly, looking up to you for reassurance and affection. I imagine I have some pocket bacon in my rations that I, I use as food slash treats for her. And I just I give her some pocket bacon while she's like nuzzling my nuzzling the side of my leg. Yeah, she licks your hand appreciatively and curls up at the feet of the stool. Staying out of the sun, which is blazing hot, beating down from above. You see Maud out on the deck who's trying to teach Keith acrobatic tricks, uh, a bit like a sort of stunt paper aeroplane. She's throwing him through the air and getting him to do loop the loops like an aerobee. He sort of like flies around or a boomerang, comes back again into her hand. And uh, yeah, toad flaps isn't far. Like toad flaps never really leaves your sight, Tatty, since since the little goblin um, swore a blood oath with yourself. She never, she ne- she's always worried that she's going to have to intervene and save your life. So she's, she's not far. She's watching you uh, from a crate to one side. And every time you catch her looking at you, you look at her, she pretends to look away. In a in a kind of like sheepish kind of way. What are the two vampires doing down in the hold? She probably sleep in the daytime. Yeah, I don't think I've slept properly since becoming a vampire. So maybe I'm, you know, now that we're away from direct danger and we've got, I've I've eaten a rat, probably, yeah, just just getting some shy, I'm exhausted. Okay. Oh, yeah, I spoon Belsia. <laughs> You're spooning yeah. each other. I attempt to spoon Belsa. Do we? Do I need to roll a check, or is it? <laughs> you do you consent. <laughs> I don't know. Are you are you contesting this, Belsia, or are you a willing participant in the cutlery draw? I think probably Belsia resists at first, but then is kind of grateful for some oh, vampire on vampire skin contact. Make me opposed athletics checks. Just curious to see how their struggle cuddle goes down. <laughs> Who gets to be the small spoon? Strength. 16. Mm. 25. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm the little spoon. Yeah. So you buck and you weave and you wiggle, Belsia, but ultimately you're you're pushed into submission as there's yeah. no one else to see it. Like maybe a mouse or a rat runs runs across a girder and looks down and they see the giant shape of a half-orc on the outside and then a crocodile inside that and then a crow and then a baked potato <laughs> all like laid out in lovely little sort of ever dwindling, a bit like a babushka doll. Like you're all sort <laughs> of like curled inside each other. A vampire nesting doll, if you will. <laughs> All, all of you getting sleep, uh, you can reset any hit points you have, which would reset anyway because you're vampires. You get a lot of kind of healing as you sleep. So as day wears on, Tati, as, as the sun is slowly drifting over the sky, heading back towards the horizon lines, is there anything you would like to do, Tati, before the shifts change over and the vampires rise for the night? Just thinking. No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. If they're waking up anyway, then we've got kind of natural natural shifts set out so I can get a rest at the same time. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay, so as you swap over, the, the two vampires and all their familiars getting out of the bed, Tatty, you and Barbara, and um, Toad Flaps crawl into bed. As uh, vampires, you make your way onto the helm as the sun goes 
dipping under the horizon. You've got the last of the beautiful, warm, coppery, yellow sun rippling over the waters. It's now heading into darkness as you're, you're quite comfortable being on the deck, looking around. You've got the beautiful splashing noise of the, of the sea. The air is just so much cooler and calmer and just cleaner than it was. Uh, which of you two is driving? I would probably vote Belsia. He seems like more used to like instruments and navigation, being a, a science man. Uh, I'm like brute force. Thanks. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the science man. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> Doing some science. As you haven't done too much driving, Belsia, could you make me oof, a pure wisdom check? Wisdom. Last time I drove, I broke the ship. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tati's had quite a lot of experience and I trust his abilities, whereas you less so. I got a 14. A 14. You get, you get, you get the hang of it. Once, once you, once you key into it, you're just really starting to settle in. There's a few points where the wind blows you off course. You get a little bit distracted watching a whale burst out of the water, flip in the air and splash back down on one side for a while before you realize you're meant to be paying attention to the compass. And then your eye catches it on the horizon. You see a ball of light, a sudden iridescent flash in the darkness, almost a pinprick at first that's hurting your eyes. And then you see it vanish as you watch carefully, carefully on the horizon line. And then another blast of light, this one almost like a line far in the distance. It's not the sun? No, the sun went down hours ago. I turned to Belsia like, I'm not burning. Yeah, I, I, I don't smell. <laughs> Immediately assume that you're immune to sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see the dragon, did we? Like, we know there is a dragon, but we didn't. Could be a dragon? D- dragon, or maybe is it a big thing far away, or a small thing close? It's on the horizon. It's right out on the horizon, though. But Hanosh is pretty dumb. He might think it's like a uh, <laughs> firefly. Like, <laughs> like this. It, it's exactly like that scene in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where he gets like a makeshift binocular and he's just got his sword out trying to attack people who are like a mile away by waving his sword around in front of a binocular. How did your people ever take Jerusalem? Yes, that's the line. What, what a film. It's a great film. As as Belsiar comes and turns the binoculars the other way round. <laughs> <laughs> so you see these bright little little flicks of, of 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 orange warm light miles out on the horizon. And is it like in the direction that they're going? Like the like, like yes. so I'm like, okay, so Belsiar like I think I think the dragon won the race. What shall we keep going? I mean, we don't. I mean, we're vampires. We can do whatever we want now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know what? You know what I'd like to do. Ooh, tell, tell me. I've got a pocket full of gold left over from one of our previous adventures. Probably enough to get a mortgage on a nice castle. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> something to really lean into that aesthetic. <laughs> How to wrap up a podcast for episode 100. <laughs> Fuck the storyline. Let's retire. <laughs> just, just, just on the cusp of finishing the, the whole campaign. Kill the rest of the gang and move to a castle. 
Let's let's put the modest amount of gold that we have into a lifetime ISA and uh, and just watch out, just watch the yield go up. <laughs> I, I lean into Belshaw and whisper, "I love that idea. We can make our friends our familiars. We can make yes. them our vampires spawn." Shh, though. They can pay the mortgage while we <laughs> live it up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put, put on our vampire discotheques. <laughs> will be the talk of the town I don't really know how to get back to land from here, Belsia <laughs> far from going via the way we came I guess that is a point okay, well let's park that idea for now Let's. I think when we get to land though yeah, we, get to Catholic, we can though. discuss it then what do you think of our companions? they seem to not be liking that we're vampires I try and bite things and they they, they get a bit weird about it I was meaning to talk to you about this. Like, I don't know anything more about being a vampire than you do, but you might want to tone it down a bit on, you know, buying everyone all of the time. Have a have a rat. <laughs> it's good for you. No, <laughs> it's not enough. And then I like calm myself because I don't want to wake the others. No, not enough. Okay, just think of it as a treat, something. Have a, have a cheat day. I think it'll be better when we get to land and there's other largest beings that hunt my colleagues. Yeah, I suppose so. Let's 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 focus on getting back to civilization and biting people we don't know very well. So what you're saying is we shouldn't kill them all because that's what I was thinking that we wouldn't kill them all. But I wanted to make sure that you didn't want to kill them all. I suppose that would be considered rude. Yes, rude. I love that while this is happening, Maritopia is just fully burning. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> we can do about it. We're above these mortal concerns now. I guess we we drive towards the fire. I absolutely love that. I'm going to give both of you inspiration. Like I'm, I'm really digging that role playing. Uh, so as a DM, I'm going to give both your characters inspiration. You can use... It's the first time we've got inspiration. Oh, no, it's taken us 98 episodes, listeners. But uh, I, I got... Mechanics! Mechanics. I got I got inspired by the actual rules. I can give you either of you and both of you inspiration. So you get a free D20 to roll after you've made the roll, but before you've heard the outcome anytime you want in the next 24 hours. I, I'm a big fan of that. I love that. Uh, as you hear a whistling behind you, as you both spin around, almost like on a pivot, you look behind you, you just see the naked form of an elderly man fishing off the side of Lady Luck. As you look over and see Aristobulus, as he waves a hand at you, he's like, all right, how are you doing? Sorry, I was all hot and horny. I couldn't sleep. Came out for a little fish. That's not a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> he's just using his Prince Albert. My my eyes go down to his fishing rod, and then I quickly look up and wish I hadn't looked. He he's got he's that horrible kind of rancid. Uh, do you know when the elderly go a little bit like a wax candle? And he's sort of got the right amount of skin, but it's in the wrong proportions. So it's all kind of slowly sinking down his body into these weird kind of like white pallid folds. Uh, as he stands up, flashes you all as you both look sideways, and he's like holding two fish. Uh, he just waddles with his rod, literally, back under the deck. Still still hungry, Hanush? 
I, I say to him, like, how did you manage that? There's no line on that rod. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? The fishing where you, where you just use a spear and you just go into <laughs> the water in the shallow pits. <laughs> he, yeah. he just gives you a filthy wink as he he goes back under under decks. Right. What are you, what are you two doing? Uh, the lights are getting brighter and nearer on the horizon. And you could almost, with your vampiric senses, swear, drifting out, echoing on the water, you could hear a scream or two. How far do we have a sense of how far we think it is away from us? Uh, Maybe a perception or roll, please. And you can have it at advantage or you could both roll it. I really don't mind. Uh, You probably have better perception than me. Mine's zero if you want to roll. With advantage. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with advantage. Right? So 14. 14! Uh, sticking your finger in the air, catching the breeze, having to think about it, squinting. Uh, you scratch your ass. You come to the conclusion that it's about an hour's travel away. Uh, so probably enough time to wake everyone up, rally people, and make a plan. Uh, probably far enough away the dragon doesn't know you're there. But... The closer you get, the more you can sort of hear the noises of chaos coming from what you can only assume is Maritopia up ahead. As you see a big mushroom cloud, almost like a gout of flame, go up into the air as something catches in the distance. Uh, I go downstairs and I, I wake Kevin up. I, uh, I tap Tatty on the shoulder and I say, it's barbecue time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Throw another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wake up. I wake up the others. I think as we as we all kind of convene back at the helm, so that we can get a good look at what's going on. Tatty is kind of like is it seeing what's going on, like and assuming that it's assuming, of course, that it's just the dragon attacking Maritopia. As we're sailing closer and closer to it, I think he does kind of go into like planning mode of how we can how we can try and deal with this. I don't know what you guys have in terms of like potions, if there's anything that you have, any potions that do anything interesting. Like I'm thinking if, if we can, if some, if someone has the ability to make people fly, then we, then we could probably use that to send like one or two people off in separate directions, you know, so that we're not all clustered in one place, like on the boat, maybe have toad flaps, carry on piloting the, the ship. And then two of us can go off in separate directions so that we can try and, I don't know, split its attention a little bit. Honash, I know you're more of a like close combat guy anyway. So being able to fly and get up there close and personal with it would probably make quite a lot of sense. Yeah. I can, I'll just turn into mist and go on its back or something. Yeah. You oh, can do that'd be dope. Old... Oh, that's so good. You can do the old Betty, Betty switchy hack. Where you just switch back and forth from a bat at high speed, so you can <laughs> so you can fly while also attacking. Just while uh, screaming. I, I can't take anything there with me, can I? Uh, I can buy it though. Like a, I guess I've got my vampire attacks, so I'll just use that. I can give. So I've got some charges of fly. That's what I was going to ask. So you can you can use it, and you can potentially cast it on two people at once. Maybe. I think it's as. It's concentration, but. 
That means you can only there's, there's, you can only cast you oh, can only cast can, it once anyway. You can target one additional creature, um, but I don't have. Yeah, so I can do two. Yeah, you know, Belsia has actual skills better than I do. <laughs> we were all there for that great episode when Belsia leveled up and got level three spell slots, and he flew up out of the prison <laughs> and just started throwing fireballs at everyone and going, "Oh, you'll never take me alive!" And then immediately got taken alive. They all got their arrows out. <laughs> for the listeners who weren't there for that, he got shot like a pincushion by the guards of Nutbush Penitentiary. Good times. If you can cast it on two people, because I'm thinking, like, in terms of what you'll use your spell slots for, the only thing I can think of that you'd be using it for, like, at that level would be Fireball. And because it's a dragon and it seems to be shooting fire, Fireball might not be the best, the best use of a spell slot anyway. I also have, though... Um, and, and moving this out of character discussion into character, I pull the squealer from its leather holster and spin it around my finger very dangerously. You do. I was thinking that. Uh, well, that's how we end before episode 100. He rolls, was it zero, zero? Yeah. Like a small thermonuclear explosion. House, house wins. House wins. So here's what I'm thinking. If you can cast fly on. Hunash and maybe yourself. It's either you or Aristobulus so that he can like fly around to heal people. And I can stay on the, I can stay on the boat with toad flaps and we can just use the boat to navigate around and I can just fire arrows at it. Maud potentially, actually Maud has wild shape. So she can, she could transform into something that can fly or swim. I think. I think. Oh, yeah, actually, it might have to be something that can swim. I don't think she can transform it to something that can fly. I think Maud's wild shape is is to a difficulty level, depending on her level. So if you can name me an animal, I can tell you what difficulty. Challenge rating, I think it is. Max challenge challenge rating is half, and in brackets it says no flying speed. So I think it it can be something with a swim speed, but not flying speed at this level. Or it could be a flying thing that's grounded. Like an emu, or yeah, yeah, or an ostrich, or, or a penguin, or a penguin. Yeah. Penguins can swim, and how fucking could cool that be? It's like some massive emperor penguin just rises up behind the dragon. <laughs> the King Kong of penguins, or a chocobo. <laughs> yeah, so Maud could Maud could wild shape into something that can swim, and maybe if it if. Potentially, we might be able to do this. If she can wild shape into something that's big enough to carry someone, she could take Aristobulus and they could be like just circling and being on support, essentially, while you guys and me try and do some damage to it from afar. It's a pity we don't have any weapons on the, uh, on the boat. <gasps> Ballista. We could, yeah, I was thinking about trying to do that while we were on his way, but I was like, that's going to take way too much time. I, I think it was a distinct possibility whilst you were at Maritopia until one of the party accidentally committed murder. Accidentally. And, and you had to, had to leave in a hurry. But yes, it, it was, a, it was, it was within the realms of possibility that you could fit weapons out on. I left some lying around. Yeah. I was going to say, we might still be able to once all of this blows over. <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing as accidental murder. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how they feel after the next murder. God, you're like the Bob Ross of vampires. 
just happy little snacks. Happy little <laughs> snacks. There's no such thing as an accident. Just suck the devil out of it. <laughs> just walking around, mopping up with your teeth. <laughs> yeah, does that kind of make sense? I mean, it's still not sure about what modern Aristobulus should be doing, but I think, Belsar, if you can, once we get close enough, if you can cast Fly on maybe you and Anash. Yeah. Well, Aristobulus can use magic missiles from the boat and can use um, his cock, his blue cock as well from the boat, probably. So he's got things that he can use, like, from his scope. Actually, yeah, if we basically, if we just leave modern Aristobulus on the boat, we can use the boat to go around where we need to anyway. Oh, God, who do you trust more to sail it, Maud or Aristobulus? Jesus. Toad Flaps is going to be sailing, looking after the familiars in the helm while the rest of us are out on deck. It's a fucking designated driver who's babysitting everyone's kids on a on a stag night. Uh, <laughs> got it. Yeah. All right. The sensible one. This is the D&D equivalent of a stag night, killing a dragon. Sounds awesome. Whilst you're planning... You've all come together. You're all standing on the deck, like arms crossed, looking out over the waters. Still dark, except for the occasional. As you can see, gouts of flame in the distance and screams. You see something in the distance, in the middle distance, almost like a void of color. You see a small black shape in the water in the middle distance. Hmm. Interesting. Is that like is that like between us and Maritopia? Do you mean? Okay. Can we see if it's moving? Is it heading towards us? As you stand and squint, some of you with night vision, which I presume quite a few of you have night vision, you can see it's very, very slowly coming towards you as concentric ripples move out in the moonlit water. Ever expanding as it as it comes closer, the lights in the distance still occasionally flickering. Now there are some constant red lights, as well as the intermittent ones in the distance. Maritopia is clearly on fire. Okay, at this point, yeah, I was going to ask whether we could still see like the gouts of flame because if if we couldn't, then I'd be like, okay, it's coming for us now. Everyone, everyone, tighten up. No, you can still you can still see a gout of flame. Could could Maud turn into a swimming swimming thing and go down and say hello? <laughs> I mean, potentially she could she could just try and talk to it from the deck. Yeah. She does have speak with animals. Fuck it, let's do it. I've got Maud's character sheet. She can speak with animals. Oh god, I've just seen so many of so many of Maud's random abilities that AJ has given her. Does she never uses? Yeah, we're gonna be friends forever. this is fantastic (laughs) yeah i think maud will probably go and try and communicate with it fuck it why not as maud reaches out you see her squinting she she puts uh keith in her top pocket as he nestles down as she reaches out her mind into the ocean wide as a bit like tuning an am fm radio she can hear the horny dolphins as she's like no as she tries to like zone out with the dolphins as uh yes i saw that matt thank you very much <laughs> as she <laughs> she reaches out into the ocean she's just got all the myriad of life just the pulsing of the jellyfish the horny dolphin as it just slowly drifts off and then 
a reef shark underneath the boat, which silently moves underneath the boat that none of you would have been aware of. She can't get a read on this dark void that's slowly ever creeping closer towards you. It's now maybe 60 meters off the front of your ship. It's reasonably small, maybe uh, four meters long, a meter wide. Is it a submarine full of all of the people we've pissed off in our multi-year adventure? (laughs) (laughs) They finally tracked us down. It's just called the submarine of consequences. Submarine surfaces, you just see Simig come up in a little Russian commander's hat. He's like, uh, No, it is not a submarine full of all the people who you pissed off. It's now about 50 meters closing with you. I, I've got to try and do something. Um, 45 meters. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to the, go up to the, the, the like, the front of the ship, not the helm, because that's where we steer from. I'm going to go up to the front of the ship where it's heading towards. And I guess I will also cast speak with animals. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I think because, I think because like how dire the situation looks, I think like some of Tatty's like nerves start to come through a little bit. And he's just going to be like, Hey, are you running from Maritopia? You shouting into the water. Yeah. Okay. About 40 meters away, you hear screams. Hello? Hmm. Hello? Are you from Maritopia? Yeah. You hear, you hear like crying and weeping. 30 meters coming towards you. You can see the shape of a slightly charred rowing boat as you see a, a portly man, uh, like, very sweaty, large man, like seriously, like patchy hair, like some of his hair has been burnt off on one side, just sweat dripping down his brow. He's got a T-shirt that barely makes the front of his stomach, uh, like he just grabbed some spare clothes in a hurry. As you see, he's rowing and you see his wife with like spindly auburn hair who's holding a small crying child in her lap in the midst of a rowing boat. You see piled up in the rowing boat are as many of their possessions as they could grab, you see like a chest and some books and various blankets and just some some sort of odd assortments of food that they've been using to try and calm the child down. As you see, they're now about 20 meters off your hold. You see they're like refugees from Maritopia. You can see the boat's slightly damaged. I thought you meant it was like an underwater shape that we could see moving towards us. They've got no light source. They're just people rowing in the dark. They're just trying to get as far away from Maritopia as possible. As you see, you see the wife trying to calm the child down as the man just furiously rows. He's got absolutely no coordination. He's just panic rowing at this point, as you can now see the boat slightly damaged and taking on a bit of water. I mean, they've got a kid with them. We can't really take them with us back to where they just came from. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like, you running away? Yeah. We need all the help we can get. It's carnage in there. It just came out of the night. Blazing. Indiscriminate. Okay. Keep going that way. And I point in the opposite direction of Maritopia. He lifts his leg out at the bottom of the boat. He's like, we're taking on water. Can you help us repair this? I mean, we're kind, we, we kind of have to go kill that thing. So come with us if you want. But And I gesture to the child. 
Have you got anything you could give us? Any quick repairs you could do? Can I give him a a, a, a pity mend? Yes. <laughs> I'll just turn into mist. Because it's dark, I guess they won't really... I'll just turn into mist and appear on their boat. And I'll just act like, boy, that was a big jump onto your boat. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a pure pure charisma check, please. Belsia, I like what you're doing. I think it's beautiful, but please make me a pure charisma check as you are misting into a fucking boat of refugees in the middle of the night. Oh, I got a nine on that roll. A nine. As you mist over to the boat, you just blip back into existence as you see the man in this, in the really tight white greasy t-shirts like, holy fuck me! As he like puts up two fingers in the form of a cross at you. Uh, you can feel something burning in your skull. Oh, whoa, like whoa, whoa, even whoa. his two fingers together. You can, it's like a sharp stabbing pain right into the core of your brain. I'm here to help put, put down your fingers. You see him slowly slide his greasy fingers apart as he's like, friend or foe? Friend. All right. He slowly holsters his finger crucifix. <laughs> 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 I won't hang around. But I'll can I just use mending on their boat? See if that helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a cantrip, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Maybe an inside check. Seventeen. Seventeen. You can see that uh, re- reaching down and feeling around, uh, you can feel a small fissure, like a crack in the bottom of the hull, which is slowly taking on water. As you see, the mum and the daughter are just bailing water out with a bucket. You point at them to step back as they both gingerly step back. Everyone's not 100% sure about you. You are a giant crocodile who's just fucking appeared in the middle of their boat using magic. Uh, and they are refugees who <laughs> have to flee their hometown. You ever seen a vampire crocodile appear on your boat in the middle of the night before? <laughs> you literally lift up two fingers as they glow. You touch them to the wooden planking, almost welding it as the wood grain re-knits together. <laughs> As you see, it's watertight. You just see the palpable relief on their face as as the mother is like, thank you so much. You have no idea. You have saved us. Balsia taps into his long-forgotten years as a children's party entertainer, and he turns to the child and he says, or he, he, he turns to the mother, he says, you're welcome. He turns to the child and says, now I better go before I get hungry. As you see, the child is hiding behind his mother's coattails as, as it's a little girl. As she peeks her head out, she's like, <laughs> as she's, she's quite scared. So you just see her lift, she lifts her little hand up and waves at you and then disappears around the side of her mother's coattails. Just for old time's sake, can I pull a, a copper piece from behind her, behind, well, not from behind her ear, but just from behind my ear and I throw it to her. I mean, she's vanished behind her mum, so you basically just throw it at her mum's skirt. <laughs> it just clinks onto the floor of the boat as they're like, as, as the man's like, are you, are you, thank you, thank you, you've done us a kindness. As he pumps your hand, you see he takes off a bracelet that he's wearing and he puts it onto you. You look down, you see you've got a bracelet that's made out of um, shark's teeth. Oh, that's nice. I don't have much, but look, I give you this. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And I look around awkwardly 
And I'm like, safe travels. And I missed back to the boat. As you vanish, naturally, they, everyone's been standing on one side of the boat. And as your weight vanishes off the other <laughs> side, everything rocks to one side. So they're like, whoa! <laughs> as they just managed to catch themselves before the boat flips. As you see them waving, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. As you see the little girl just slow waving, thank you. Oh. Uh, as as they they sail off around the side of your boat, you just see the man like just grunting as he's you doing both oars as he sails off around the side. As you look down at this lovely necklace made out of shark's teeth uh, that you're now wearing, Belsiar. As all of you look back in the distance, the bright glowing lights of Maritopia, not in a good way this time, as flames flicker up. As you see now, the beginnings of a dark shape wafting along the horizon just with a gout of flame coming out the front of it. And that's where we're going to take a quick drinks break. We're going to gather back together in the run-in to Maritopia. Dragon fight! Woo! Did we get the name of the dragon, by the way? Yep. Last week. I know what it is. No. Okay. But, uh... Because no, you do. You don't. No. I did wonder that. I was thinking that when I was going through my notes. No, you don't know the name of the dragon. It does have a name. No. Cool. Right. See you back here in five minutes, listeners. We shall be back. Adios. Stay slippery. True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account, but we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots, and interviews. Live streams with the Adventurers Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventurers Anonymous podcast. God, 100 episodes. How wild is that? We've been doing this for 100 episodes. That's 200 hours of content we've created. Oh my gosh. Was it worth it? <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I do often think it's a miracle that you guys keep coming back. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if I, if I was running a croquet meet and greet, like every week or some other random shit, people would have long stopped coming back. Somehow we've been doing this now. And for a good few months. How many months was it before? It was like four months before, maybe. So we've been doing this for like, on and off for like two and two and a half years. Mm. Probably the summer of nineteen. Uh, no, summer of twenty. I guess we started this. Uh, yeah, it was like, it was like April, March, March or April twenty. I think. Just imagine when you get to retire these characters. I'm I'm really curious to see what if if you all decide to come back for a campaign too. What uh, what characters? How different, what directions you're going, like whether fighty people will go magic or magic people will go like good people or go bad or short people or go tall or I think this is why I need Baldur's Gate so I can experiment uh, ready for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is dead weird like i in my mind, I know what a crocoborn looks like, but still when I was doing Baldur's Gate three, I was like, "Fuck, dragonborn look terrifying in my mind, they look oh cool. yeah. And then I was like, they look so cool. Like, if you walked into a shop and I was a shopkeeper, I'd crap myself. Yeah. If this, like, even if he was smiling and witty and, like, you know, graceful. And that's why I was just thinking with that little girl in the rowing boat. It doesn't matter if a crocodile fucking, you know, 
appeared in midair in front of you. It doesn't matter, like, whether it's doing... Like, it's actually funny that, that, that tieflings are, like, the, the prejudiced race when they're yeah. just, like, sex, sexy, horny people with red skin, whereas Dragonborns are terrifying. Also, when I was doing Baldur's Gate 3, you know, when it's like, pick your race, and I was tabbing around, and I was like, this could be cool, this could be cool, this could be cool. And you get to a halfling, and you're like, yeah, I feel you're just going to die, like, really quickly, because you've got short legs. Like, you're just going to become a snack for something. Yeah. I was like, is it is that expert-level gameplay? My first character was a tiefling, like, paladin, so he had to have high charisma anyway. But because he was a tiefling and because he had high charisma, I made him hot as shit. <laughs> I can't even I can't even deny it. Just one really girthy horn coming out of the middle of his forehead. Yeah, he was the he was the big old himbo that could. <sighs> himbo. I keep hearing that word. Himbo. Himbo. Is that a male bimbo? Yeah. It is it is as, as complicated as it as it sounds. Self explanatory. Yeah. Okay, good. Glad. I, I feel like it's less and less relevant as the months go on. People have to constantly explain to me what the fuck people are talking about online. But there you go. The himbo. I'm going to try and slip that into conversation whenever I can. Try and slip into a himbo when you can. My brain keeps on going onto a himbook. And I'm like, no, surely that can't be just an abbreviation for a himbook. Is that what the kids are saying these days? It's like mission praise. Uh, righty. Picking back up where we left off momentarily before, you find yourselves on the nighttime waters of the Lycidian Ocean, which is much calmer than it was when you were, you know, near the, the underwater volcano. But still, in the near distance, you can see the city of Maritopia is starting to appear ever closer although still quite small on the horizon. You can see it's now lit up and flickering with flames as a dark shape roils through the night sky, occasionally swooping down through the clouds and spitting fire onto the surface of the water. As you're now aware of more refugees, various rowing boats, one a small huddle of, of what can only be described as makeshift rafts as people have fashioned together anything that floats uh, in a bid to escape the carnage. As you see an actual, um, almost like a yacht, leaving Maritopia. And as it clears the walls, you can see various people on the deck as there's almost a palpable sigh of relief from the people as you see Someone points to the night sky as the clouds part and a dragon swoops down. The roiling flame coming out the front of it as it lights up the yacht as screams as the um, the sails catch light and people start throwing themselves into the water on fire. Before too long, the mast snapping off and plummeting into the water as the flaming body of the yacht just bobs lifelessly in the water. I was wondering, like, Maud's got a spell that's, like, passed without trace, and it might be good to, like, sneak up on the, get, try and get closer to the um, dragon before it sets us alive. Sure. But no, she's also thinking, uh, I, I'm sure no one will notice if, like, one of these refugees, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I was worried about that family in the room, but I'm not going to lie. Yeah, can Maud cast Pass Without Trace on on all of us while we're in the boat? I don't know how much it's going to help the actual boat, but I think it does add like plus 10 to stealth checks. So that should make us a little bit more stealthy. And then it means that once Belsiar gets him and someone else, probably Honash, flying, they'll have it until they leave our range as well. Mm. No worries, I'm just reading up on Pass Without Trace. It's been a hot while. Maud doesn't use it very often. So a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you, masking you and your companions from detection. For the duration, each creature you choose within 30 feet of you, including you, has plus 10 to your dexterity self-checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. A creature that receives this bonus leaves behind no tracks or other. Okay. So yeah, I mean, everyone within 30 feet, that covers everyone and everything in the boat, I'll say. Uh, yeah, Maud stands on the decks. She almost goes quiet and internal for a while. She reaches into her squirrel skin handbag, pulls out a small notebook, flicks through it. You see in Maud's notebook, it's almost like a weird, it's almost like the Grail diary out of uh, The Last Crusade. It's just full of random shit. It's full of like bookmarks and foldings, various flowers. At one point, Belsia, you could swear to God as she's flicking through the pages, you see a crushed fairy. Maud has like squished a fairy in her book as you see like a fairy sideways with its wings mangled around it. As she's like, yeah, I got it. As she gets to the page, she um, pulls a pinch of powder out of her pocket, puts it in the palm of her hand and <laughs> blows it as it swirls into vortices around the boat as darkness descends on the boat. As Aristobulus is hanging off the back of the boat, still naked, he's like, hey, that's clever. The back of the boat now has no wake. Like, it is no longer leaving any any ripples in the water. Cool. We'll try and approach Maritopia stealthily. I say that sounds so fucking dumb when we're in a boat. But we will try and <laughs> we'll try and like stay away from the the light that's been cast from the flames and stuff, just so that we can trying to sneak up on this dragon. This point is proven as you hear a and a voice going, what the fuck was that? As you see a man who's taken a bath and turned it into a rowing boat as he's trying to escape Maritopia is just just rowed straight into you. He cannot see you at all. Uh, And it's just plowed into the front of your keel, bounced off and is now like rowing tangentially. Stay out of the shipping lanes. He's a fat man and he's in a small bath. It's almost like his body is taken up the entire volume of the bath. It's just two arms with bingo wings on it, a rowing. Like, Is it just him in the bath? Yep. I turn into a bat, <laughs> jump on him, bite him, <laughs> and return to the boat. Okay. Make me an acrobatics check. Oh, the, the emphasis on bat-ics. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to use my um, inspiration. Yep, 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 yep. I got a seven on that last one. Six, 21. 21. So you you missed silently. Tatty, you're aware. You almost see this coming, Tatty. As you look around and you just see Hanash go, and just turn into (laughs) atoms. As he drifts out, Hanash, you re-atomize on top of the bath. Now, I got you to make an acrobatics check because you've got a leg on either side of the bath. And on that roll, you manage to keep it upright as you just reach in. He's got so many folds of flesh 
you have to like part two folds on him and just dig your teeth in as you hear him going what what ah! as as the warmth of his blood just releases into <laughs> your mouth it's almost like do you know like like a warm blanket on a cold winter's day or a hot water bottle or something like that it's just so lovely and it's almost like you just feel the tension relax out of your shoulders as just pints and pints of like hot sticky blood are just pumping into your mouth just squirts arterially (laughs) you've almost suppressed your gag reflex at this point as it's just hitting the back of your throat and going down as the man just twitches violently like and then his body goes limp in the bath as you hear a splash as his oar falls into the water and then they uh, go back to the boat Reappearing just with blood covered down the front of Panache. Uh, I say to my uh, compadres, uh, when life gives you lemons. <laughs> wow. I'm slightly worried you're going to do some sort of uh, weird mother bird thing and just start hacking some of this up into Belsiar's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, your relationship has gone from like friends to like two to two very superior beings to two very superior beings who spoon each other. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if you started mama birding him human blood. Yeah, you would understand. Yeah, smooth teeth. You feel a weight on your shoulder, Belcio. As you turn around, you see Cato has landed. He's got an eyeball in his beak. As you see, Cato went over for. For seconds, as you see, he spreads his slightly dripping wings and crawls back into your pocket, pulling one of the fat man's eyeballs with him. Yo. I ask him if he enjoyed my sloppy seconds. He looks at you and said, I am not a willing participant in this. This is merely an unfortunate turn of events. <laughs> but nature called. Sure does. And I was ready to answer. <laughs> I hate you. As the beak just vanishes back into the pocket. <laughs> As we get closer, I'm just going to turn to everyone and be like, all right, focus up, gang. This isn't going to be easy, but hopefully we don't all die. That's as much of a motivational speech as, as you're going to get out of me. No matter what, when we're, when we're, we're relaxing in our, in our big castle and me and Hanash have made you all, uh, um, I mean, we're all, Everyone's, everyone's equal owners of the, of the big castle and everyone wow. helps out equally. Uh, we'll always be friends. Vampiric communism. That was a nice speech, Belsia. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice, that was a nice speech, Belsia. Thank you. I'm gonna, I can't decide whether to, whether to drink this myself or give it to Hanash, but I do have a potion that could help us. Fuck it, I'll give it to... I, if if Belsiar's going to cast Fly on himself and Hunash, I'll give it to Hunash because it might be more helpful for him. I'm going to give you a potion of heroism. I'm going to say heroin. <laughs> First one's free. It's just heroin. <laughs> it's um, It gives you 10 temporary hit, hit points <laughs> and you have the effect of the Bless spell. Which hmm. means that you can roll a d4 and add it to your attack rolls and your saving Save throws. Yeah, I was just using it in Baldur's Gate. Actually, how long does that last for? Uh, for an hour. 
So okay. I give it to him, but I but I say maybe just when we get when we start fighting the dragon. Yeah, a turd lasts six seconds. So yeah, oh yeah, the fight itself will not last an hour. Put it that way. <laughs> Could be tantric. <laughs> I'll see if maybe just check on D and D Beyond. I think you should be able to find potion of heroism if you need it, but. But I'll keep it. I'll keep it just in case. Just in case you need it. I like the way you gave it to the coward. That's I gave it to Hodash. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you gave it to to, to Belsia. I apologize. Belsia's not a coward. He's uh, skilled at retreating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be up close and personal with a fucking dragon. Like, yeah. if I could give him more temporary hit points, <laughs> I probably would. I love this because we're now like 98 episodes in and you're looking through your inventories trying to find every like toothpick and hand grenade. And <laughs> what's this random shit I got in episode 10? Oh, yeah, shit. I've got my feather token. Yeah. For a rock that we can fly around on. Should we do that? That sounds like fun. We could maybe maybe save it just in case the boat gets damaged so much that we can't use it anymore. Oh, yeah. That's like our objective seat. Yeah. Yeah, I I've got that iron flask as well. That's got a random creature in it that could help us if we need it. Oh God, it's like Hanash and his magic beans. Please tell me you've run out of fucking magic beans, Hanash. I've run out of magic oh, beans. Fuck me, that was a delight. <laughs> Never got bored of the magic beans. I'm just seeing what spells Aristobulus has got while we're on our way in. Hmm. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've got Aristobulus and I've got Maud's character sheets open so that we can, I can, I can run them. Although we probably won't get into the encounter until next week, maybe. I guess we try and approach Maritopia as stealthily as possible. And then once, once we get to like super close to Maritopia, I'll kind of give Belsiar the signal to cast fly on him and Hanash. And we go from there. If I had the dragon's name, I could maybe just shout to him, but I don't. <laughs> Oi, you! Yes, you! Twat with the wings! Okay, yep, you're, you're, you're a good 150 meters off Maritopia. You can, in the darkness, you can clearly see in the moonlight, you can see the walls and the fly, the fire just Scouting out of various parts of it. The water around you is now littered with debris, bodies, um, survivors. There's people swimming for their life uh, in the water. You can see people holding on to planking and barrels. You can see like various attempts at boats that have been set on fire. You can see the yacht which had had left Maritopia is now slowly sinking into the water as as the hull has been breached by flames every so often a a body bobs and bounces off your hull and goes round the outside of you as yeah you can you can hear the crackling and creaking of timbers coming from Maritopia itself in as you approach maritopia you're you're currently approaching it from the, the bottom as you can see part of the palisade wall is starting to crumble 
and kind of like fall inwards with the flames. And every so often out in the darkness and the water, you can hear gurgles and splashes of people who are trying to like keep themselves submerged in the water and are kind of screaming out for help. People thrashing in the water. I'd like to call my children of the night, if possible. <laughs> the sea wolves. Fly, my pretties! So I can call uh, 2d4 swarms of bats. So uh, I'm going to call my bat buddies. Okay. And they, they stick around for one hour and they do what I want. Everyone looks around. Hanash has climbed up on top of the helm. So he's on the roof at the helm as he just spreads his arms out wide and just whispers into the night air as you just hear a rustling as you look up into the moon behind the cloud you can see a shape almost a dark cloud coming down out of the sky and as it comes closer you see the the edges of it are flickering and and moving almost like a cloud of insects and as it comes closer and closer you you see a, a flock of bats that come out of the night sky and just swirl around hanash's head like an organic halo Oh, I feel like Batman <laughs> in the in the in the corridor. <laughs> it's a little bit like a sparkler. As you move around, you can use them to write. <laughs> Tatty sucks. <laughs> Just skywriting. Hey, please give me the potion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think as Tatty gives you the potion, he's gonna he's gonna like hold on to it as you as you try and take it, and he's just gonna be like. Don't, don't die. <laughs> or don't, you know, don't expire. <laughs> I don't know what you people do. Yeah. <laughs> you people! <laughs> I put my hand on, on, on Tati's shoulder. I was like, oh, my flesh-filled being. <laughs> <laughs> Such a meaningful friendship. <laughs> When you put you say you put your your hand on his shoulder, do you mean you put two fingers on his carotid artery? <laughs> ah yes, my little blood filled baby. <laughs> yes. God. I we didn't get an idea of how big the dragon is, did we, last time? Like how how now you're how asking, big is this dragon? Uh hold on, I can give you that. Big. I know we said it was like an adult or like almost fully grown dragon in terms of like how old it looked, but I literally like how big is it? Um, I think it's about forty uh, odd feet across wingspan. So if it's got its wings okay. furled out, uh, it's got a wingspan of about forty feet or. 12 meters, something like that. So it's, it's big, but not necessarily ginormous for a dragon. So it's on, it's on the smaller end of dragons, but still fearsomely large. Yeah. The biggest thing you've ever fucked with. Nah, the dragon turtle is probably bigger, but this, this, yeah. the dragon turtle was hard to get a gauge of as it was mostly underwater. Whereas this last you saw it, uh, you can't currently see it. Uh, as you speak, but uh, yeah, from from your from your 
from your exposure to it, that's that's the size. Now, as you look up, you can hear a voice calling to you from the Palisade Wall, which is now maybe 30 metres in front of you. As you can see, the slightly charred and, and sooty form of the Aldani chef, Scuttle, as he's waving a claw at you, as he's like, whoa, dude, dude. As you can see, he's, like, he's normally pretty manana, but he's he's now got a sweat on, as lobsters go. You see he's got a collection of the little kids that he's been kind of looking after. They're, they're stuck on, on the end of the Palisade Wall, which is which is burning and crumbling. He's managed to evacuate them to one end of it. As you see, uh, Scuttle, the half-man, half-lobster, is surrounded by maybe five or six slightly scared children that he's desperately trying to usher to what scant safety there is and keep them calm. I mean, the only thing I can think of, because we don't have another boat, is to is to get them on our boat, but put them below deck. I think at the moment, because Toad Flaps is kind of like driving the boat, I'll I'll, I'll get her to like pull up next to the, the Palisade walls, stick the handbrake on. We can get them below deck before we do anything else. Now, I haven't actually uh, made a check for, for Toad Flaps to be driving because she hasn't driven the boat before so let me just roll for her she does a mediocre job she's neither good nor bad she's bang in the middle it's about what you'd expect for someone who was hastily we're not going to make a parallel park put it that way <laughs> so you do you want to close in on the walls yeah we do have pass without trace i'm just thinking do we need to roll stealth checks for this for this dragon i don't know how close it is I tell you what, I, I know where it is. You don't. Well, you know, you know where it is. <laughs> make, make me a blanket stealth roll for the boat, in the presumption that you're now on top of the area where the dragon. I think it's a plus ten, is it? Yeah, it's a plus ten, but the boat also gets a minus two to dexterity, so it, it's a plus eight. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Surely it can be good. It it can. Be good. Yeah, you try to jinx it. Oh, it's quite good, actually. 23. 23. With Toad Flaps at the helm, bringing it in, she slowly turns the boat so it's side on with you giving her kind of hand signals, you know, to like ease off on the engine. She slowly drifts the boat in as you hear the almost imperceivable, is it? lines up with the side of the wall. You you look up, you can see the flaming timbers as a claw smashes some of the timbers, the flaming like timbers out of the way, as you see a, a, a lobster head peering over the top of the palisade, which is like, you know, uh, 20 feet up. As he's like, whoa, dude, you're a sight for sore eyes. Thought we were toast. Shut up. There's a dragon around. Be quiet. <laughs> No sense of survival. He does the kind of zip lip thing, but with a giant claw. He takes his giant claw and just runs it across <laughs> his mouth. Like, okay, dude. Okay. I go like that, and then I point like below deck. He he's like twenty meters up, uh, twenty feet up in the air. As you see him, like pick up an orphan in one hand, in one claw. Like he's gesticulating at the distance down to your deck. Can we? Can we carry things when we fly, or could, do we not have the... A bat could carry a small child in its teeth, maybe. <laughs> God. 
There were ten poor orphans sitting on the wall. There were ten poor orphans sitting on the wall. And if one little orphan should accidentally fall, there'll be nine little orphans sitting. Yes, there's there's six orphans currently, right? Can Maud use... I know it supposedly usually does damage, but I'd like to think that we can forego the damage and just use Thorn Whip because that's got a 30-foot range. So can she just like use it like Vine Whip? In, in Pokemon. God, that was a deep cut reference. <laughs> and just like send out a vine to like pick up a child and like pull them, pull them down and just keep doing that. Is it, is this like the end of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where he just sexually whips that lady as it's supposed to be in some way endearing, getting bull whipped around the waist? <laughs> I, I, hey, you're, you're the one that said sexily. I, well, I think I think Indiana Jones thinks it's sexy to bull whip a woman and pull her back towards him, but I uh, I don't think anyone on the receiving end of a whip society does has ever gone. Oh yeah, sexy whip. I mean, sexy whip is something different, listeners. He was just trying to impress Sean Connery. Let's be fair. He, I don't think he was in that film, but yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Last Crusade. No, no, no. Different film altogether. As a DM, I'm going to say all of you are responsible adults and you know that Thorn Whip is not a sensible way of transferring live people. No more than making small paper airplanes out of your cash and throwing it out the window <sighs> is a sensible way of sending money to people. Do you think there'll be enough time for a long rest before the fight? <laughs> <laughs> You got a 19 minute nap. Have a nap. Have a, have a power nap. <laughs> I've got it. Aristobulus will use spiritual weapon to conjure a, uh, well, I mean, what else is it? What else is it? Anything is it gonna you be? want. It's going to be a giant. Could be a baseball bat. These are orphans. Well, no, they don't need to be standing well, on the throbbing shaft of. Well, uh, well, well, AJ, look, I'm, I'm supervising Aristotle. You, you do character. what you want. This is your story. Right? I, there is no, there is no world in which I'm going to make wild, uh, wild singular decisions for, for his character. He's going to conjure a giant, a giant, uh, a giant phallus. Uh, but it's going to be, it's, it's, wow, this is going to come out can very badly. It, can at least be clean it's gonna be, and trimmed. It's going to be, Oh, it's 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 clean and trimmed. What the fuck? <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Like a sock uh, I'm just gonna say this. I'm just gonna say this. I'm just gonna say this. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be a giant blue phallus. Okay. Because we need it to blend in. We need it to blend in oh, with the night gosh. sky. I see what you're gonna say now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be a phallus that blends in. With the the surrounding area, so this is very much the stealth bomber of penises. It has, <laughs> it has no right angles on it. <laughs> it's a camo cock. Yeah, it's a camo cock. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm imagining it like this is like a roller coaster ride where it's a penis and there's loads of seats. <laughs> yeah, there's like candles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I like the idea that it appears and then the hood rolls back as it goes into stealth mode. So almost like it just... <laughs> as the hood rolls back, it just vanishes. <laughs> Cloaked. I don't feel good anymore. Stealth mode. 
okay. So this this giant stealthy appendage floats off into the night sky. Can you mark that off on Aristobulus's spell sheet, please? Yeah. I imagine I often imagine he's a bit like a crane operator when he's using that. Like he's he's, you know, like moving little like yeah, is it 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 goes out as you see it like just almost it's almost too hard to see because it's in stealth mode as you just hear the gasps and and titters from the people up on the palisade wall as scuttle the Aldani is like all right dudes no need to be afraid come on all aboard as you see he's like i'll go first as you see him like step over the palisade wall now scuttle is going to make a dexterity saving throw it's not great he got an eight as he slips off the palisade, grabs onto a fistful of hood and has to like just slowly, <laughs> like a like cliffhanger, pull himself back onto the uh, nighttime shaft as he's like, whoa, dude. Unfortunately, he's got a claw. You can see Aristobulus wince as a giant lobster's claw like <laughs> digs into the end of his spiritual hood, uh, leaving little like marks on it. As he climbs on, he's like, come on, come on, little ones, come on. Yep, first kid's good. One of the kids got a natural one and just tanks it off the side, vanishing <laughs> under the water. God. That's one kid. Uh, two kids are good. 50%. Three kids are good. Four kids are good. Uh, one, one of the kids, unfortunately, is thrashing around. You see this kid, like, splashing around. Going, <laughs> he's, like, quite loud. Loud? Well, he's splashing around in the water. Okay. Um... Does someone want to go to the water? Because otherwise, I'm going to crossbow him in the face, all right? <laughs> wow. Such compassion. Tati, you look down. You see a small child in the water just off the bow as the, the spiritual appendage is slowly drifting down, uh, almost like a lift. You see it with the with the other kids on it. And- I'm going to let Aristobulus carry on looking after the other... God, a sentence I never thought I'd say. I'm going to let Aristobulus <laughs> look after the other children. I will... I'll, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump down, and I'll I'll help the other kids out of the water. Okay, you almost like lean down off the side. You've got like um, a pole with with a hoop on the end, like a hook. As you, uh, I need you to make me a sleight of hand check. Can do. Please don't uh, spear an orphan. That's a nat twenty. A nat twenty. My God, like a like a consummate professional at the fairground. You hook a duck. As you just pick him up, <laughs> almost by the name tag in the back of his, uh, he's just called A.N. Orphan in his name tag <laughs> in the back of his pajamas. As you just hook him like a duck, you, the splashing, like squirming child. As he's like, ah, oh, thank you. I thought I was a gunner. Uh. I'm definitely picturing that ginger kid from the end of Hot Fuzz. What's he named, kid? Aaron Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> The little kid gives you like an absolute sea-soaked hug. It's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he like scuttles off to join his little friends who are now all on, on the, on the hull, uh, with the Eldani. As Aristobulus just, uh, f- the, his spiritual weapon floats back up as he's like, what do you want me to do with it now? Has it still got the other kids on it? No, no, everyone's off. Oh, okay. I'll make sure the, I'll make sure everyone is heading below deck and I'll just be like, I mean, it's, it's not a concentration spell. You can keep it going. As long as he wants. <laughs> well, at, at that age, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see him. He's like, 
hold on, as he sort of hovers down, as he gets a giant ring out and just like oinks on this giant, almost like a hairband, onto his spiritual weapon. He's like, I'll, I'll be good to go for another 10 minutes. Wow. He parks it, like almost like a jumbo jet on like a runway. He sort of brings it into land. He's got like two beacons as he just brings his spiritual phallus to land like a like a jump jet harrier onto the deck. <laughs> You're now on the edge of Maritopia. You've saved the orphans. Yeah, as we're on the edge of Maritopia, I'll turn to Belsiar and I'll say, I think it's time. Put my hand on his shoulder and I say, Maverick, I think it's time. I think it's time you and Goose hit the skies. <laughs> I'll let him cast fly on himself and on Ash. Take my breath away. Don't know if I should have mentioned this earlier, but fly is only 10 minutes, so better do this quick. I don't think a, a fight will last that long, to be fair. Well, well yeah, we'll, we'll either be dead within 10 minutes or... Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just, or you can just try and land somewhere in, in Maritopia and we'll reassess. Make sure when it gets to... Nine minutes, 55 seconds, you're on, you're on land. Cause, well, no, I guess you could turn into a bat, just all of your clothes will fall off. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Actually, yeah. So I'm going to take off a lot of my possessions anyway. I'm going to, I'm just going to take with me, uh, my blunderbuss and my morning star. Are you taking your giant skull? You've got your, like, you had like a worm in the skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about your like all your armor and stuff? Are you gonna keep? I all take that my armor, but, but but that's clothing, so that won't leave me. But like, I don't take my money with me. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, maybe leave all the unimportant stuff on the boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll take I'll take my daggers and um and the squealer, and I'm gonna take my vial of Algarandi summoning. But I think, <gasps> no, this needs to stay here for now. There'll be a time to use this. I leave that on the boat. Also, is he not like an emergency snack? If you've, It's not a vial of... I think it is a vial of his blood. Like, if you're a vampire, you must have been like pretty tempted to just drink him. I guess, yeah, I guess it is. I couldn't, I couldn't drink. It contains his blood, certainly. But, you know, if you get really thirsty, it's like a thirst emergency. I suppose so. That's what he would have wanted. Yeah. Okay. So what are the two of you doing? Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. I'm ready. We we line up. It, it's basically just Top Gun. We line up on the deck and the, a man comes out and he's like doing the hand signals. <laughs> and he's like, and then we like shoot off the end of the ramp. I put my arms out like horizontally and just go, <laughs> as, as you you look over to the helm, you see uh Toad Flaps is saluting the pair of you as she nods <laughs> towards you. Uh as she's keeping the boat stationary. So the both of you have got flying potions, do you? Uh no, this is my, my fly spell. And how would you level. like that to manifest? How would you like to what ritual would you like to do to invoke it, if you will? We become F fourteen Tomcats. Are you just screaming fly at the top of your voice? Fly But it just spanks me on the bum like Ooh! and I just like fly from the, from the shock. 
It's like a horse. <laughs> is, it, is it like e- E.T.'s magic finger just glows as he just reaches and <laughs> presses you as you feel you feel light on your toes, the balls of your feet lifting off the deck, Hanash, as you get a weird wiggly-giggly feeling in your stomach as your centre of gravity moves, your lightness as you just lift off the deck, your toes leaving the deck. Whoa, is it almost like a giant chocolate factory sensation where I'm like whoa oh no there's a track everyone there, on deck's so like shh as you just get the giggles <laughs> as you lift off yeah I, I guess as we like watch which way those guys go off I tell them to go off and like to try and spread out because dragon breath is bad can we see the dragon at this point you haven't seen the dragon in about 15-20 minutes uh, it's all gone silent other than the crackling and burning of timbers, the occasional piece of structure that crumbles and falls in on itself. And, uh, you can hear gurgles and cries and screams from people who are out on the water holding on to bits of planking, uh, people in makeshift boats. Uh, and you can hear the victims inside Maritopia who are trapped and burning. Uh, but as for the dragon, no. As both of you, what, you're taking off in different directions? Yeah, well, I'm happy to do, do that. Okay, I will share with you now the map. We may not get into the encounter this week, but you will now get a bird's eye view of what Maritopia currently looks like. There you go. I've just sent you the map of Maritopia now as is. The boat is just on the bottom left-hand corner in that kind of uh, concave area in the bottom left-hand corner. So as you take off into the sky, you can see quite a lot of Maritopia is on fire, and there is, in fact, a boat currently inside Maritopia, which was in the in the middle of... Um, well, it was in the middle of offloading cargo, presumably, by the looks of things, when, when the dragon attacked uh, and is, is currently a flaming, a flaming wreck. As both of you soar off into the sky, one to the west and one to the east... You look down into the blazing wreckage of Maritopia, looking into the shadows which are cast from the flames, looking everywhere for the dragon, which you cannot seem to see as you both swirl around in the sky above. It is quite, it would be to anyone else quite choking up there from the heat and the smoke, but neither of you longer have any need of oxygen being vampires. You're quite happy circling above the city as you both look back across each other in bemusement neither of you able to see what you're looking for if we're using this as the reference if they're heading like east and west but like circle circling around maritopia i think in the boat we will go just slightly north to like crest around the top of around the top of maritopia could I make a perception check? See if I can see the dragon. Uh, that is not good. That is a twelve. A twelve. Your your senses are heightened. You're you're looking around. Your head is spinning. That you you almost get to the point of paranoia as the boat sails around towards the entrance way or what's left of it. You can see the doors have burned off Maritopia as you look into the, the flaming wreckage at the centre of Maritopia towards the uh, ginormous cargo boat, which is like low in the water as it's slowly sinking, taking on, you're almost getting paranoid, looking at every shadow created by flickering flames, looking for the dragon. As you look up 
to Hanash, who shrugs at you. And you look over to, to, to Belsiar, who equally is looking everywhere. There's nothing but the screams and the crashes of timber. You can hear the, the screams of individuals caught in burning buildings or the thrashing and splashing in the water of people trying to swim out of Maritopia. And then finally, you hear the low rumble with the chuckle, the same chuckle you heard a day earlier on the island as you hear her. <laughs> My toys have come back. I'm going to shout out, somebody call for a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> you hear her. <laughs> I like it when my dinner talks back. As you hear a wrenching of timbers, as you hear a... The first you see of it, a giant clawed hand reaches up over the top of behind E. If you look on the map where uh, the the sleeping quarters used to be, which is a long, elongated... um, sort of like thatched roof um, along the far side of Maritopia. You see a claw reach up over the palisade wall and grip it. As it pulls its weight up, you see flaming like timbers splinter as another claw comes up as the head slowly reaches up and looks over the top with a wicked grin on its face. You see the face of your nemesis, the dragon, as he just looks at you and said, are you ready? <sighs> when have we ever been ready? <laughs> As he just blasts out a gout of flame that can't reach you, but reaches right into the center of Maritopia, you almost lose him as the, the the air boils, the sea and the water boils, lifting steam and smoke into the air as it begins. And that's where we're going to pause this week's episode because we have to do this justice. <laughs> we can't rush into this. Dragon fight. Dragon fight. Dragon, Dragon fight. fight. You guys are about to take on the biggest creature you've ever taken on. I'm very curious to see how you do it. I will update the map to reflect your positions, the position of your boat, etc., 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 and uh, I'll post it during the week. But yes, This is Do or Die time for episode 100 of the podcast. The question is, how many of you will still be alive for episode 101? Let's let's find out. God, that was tense. Needlessly so in places. But I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to rush it and do it all in half an hour because that would have been madness, nor did I want to really split it over two episodes. And I'm secretly hoping that Lewis and or Chanel can make next week. Because I can't edit them on D&D Beyond. I've got their spell slots tracked on here as well. Ooh. This is very exciting. My God, that was needlessly tense. Also, it feels like very fitting to have a creature like that on episode 100. Well, we did. We, we started in a dungeon. We started in a sewer. Just anything underground, any underground structure really could be a dungeon. And now we're ending with a with a dragon, and in between there was an and. I see. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Connecting things. Dungeon, dungeon, and dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to call out as well, just before we do, just before we outro, and before we do XP. If you could 
find it in your heart to give me exactly 845 experience points, that would be really quite helpful. Wow. 845 would be a record. I think we got a thousand each once. Yeah, you killed a vampire. Yeah, exactly. And like, but it wasn't, it's, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that 845 isn't a record. Okay. I, I don't want to protract this episode longer than it needs to be, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing. I feel like Dragon's Den. We're going to call this bit Dragon's Den. I'm going to sit here on a pile of XP. I'm going to sit on a throne made out of <laughs> XP and you can pitch your, your pitiful little idea for equity. <laughs> why, why should I give you 800 and change? So. Uh, it, to 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 start this 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 pitch, I I uh, I I resolved I resolved the the argument with Hanash in a very mature and and healthy way, which basically was by me saying let's forget about this until later, which is how healthy people deal with their emotions. Is it? Which is very true to character, is what I'm saying. And then we spent the rest of the episode planning for a fight and being very strategic, which is something that I'm used to doing. We saved some orphans. Mm. I even risked life and limb to jump into the water to grab one of those, to grab one of those orphans. I told everyone to shut up while the dragon was still around though, which is, which again is very true to character, but we still saved those orphans. And yeah. I guess all I can say is you're welcome. Mm. I'm I'm still not feeling moved that that's greater than anything you've ever done in any other episode. No, it's really not. It's really not. That's why it started with please give me yeah, the yeah. Part of me really I'm wants not. to give it to you and part of me feels it would be a gross misuse of my powers. So It truly would. It truly truly would. I'm going to I'm going to have to say my hands, but I I enjoyed that little montage. Also, I like the way you've gone from rescuing a kid like it was Baywatch to hoiking him out of the water with a pole with a hook on the end. But it's uh mm. it was good it was good hoiking skills with a kid. And and to be fair, you've been a force of leadership today. I've been impressed. But for me listeners, for me listeners, nothing today will eclipse the role playing montage between the two vampires <laughs> who just had a little chat. It was magical. <laughs> I I think Tatty could have accidentally popped the child with with the uh, spike on the end of uh, a, a staff, and it, it still wouldn't have been any cooler than Hanash and Belsiar having a little chat about the, the growing pains of being a vampire. Right, that's the end of the episode, listeners. I don't think we're going to achieve anything more here, and bloody hell, I hope you're as excited for next week as we are, because, my God, that next Thursday can't come around quickly enough for me. I want to see how this plays out. This could be do or die time for some of our beloved characters here. So, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, hang on in there for the next seven days, listeners. Right, before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for joining us for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Now, since you made it this far, listeners, please, please, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Um, if, you, if you don't already follow us on whatever podcasting platform you're on, consider... Consider a follow. It not only means the world to us, but it also means you get a uh, a fresh dollop of this nonsense delivered straight to your phone or laptop or computer uh, every single week without having to do anything. So yeah, consider hitting that subscribe button. Better yet, if we've done anything that has in any way inspired you either to like us or hate us, please consider leaving us a review. 
much as I think it was cynical sorcerer. What was the name of the lady or man who skeptical sorcerer? Skeptical sorcerer. As skeptical sorcerer found out, if you leave us a review, we'll probably read it out. So uh, yeah, if we've done anything to inspire you, please consider uh, leaving us a review. It would indeed mean the world to us. Just trying to think what else there is to really say. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard, you can, of course, find us across most of the social medias, uh, obviously on Instagram and all that good stuff. But you can find us on Elon Musk's X, where we're one of the few people still clinging onto that sinking boat. Uh, so come and slide into our X's and uh, say hello, where we're at Adventurers A-N-O number one. Right, that just leaves us time to say a massive goodbye from a man who will sneak up on you in the bath whilst you least expect it. It is Mr. Chris Rag. Goodbye. Love that energy. Let's hope you're still cheerful next week. Right. It is a uh, massive goodbye from our man in Finland, Mr. Matt Durant. How do you say goodbye in Finnish? Goodbye in Finnish. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Nakamin, moi moi, hey hey. Nakamin, moi moi, hey hey. Yeah, pretty good. What does moi moi, hey hey mean? Well, it's a, it's a moi moi, hey hey. The two separate ways of saying bye bye. Moi moi, hey hey. Very good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right, and finally, it is a massive, massive goodbye from the man who penned the best-selling self-help book. Penis puppetry, little head riding hood. It is Mr. Chris Neal. I'm going to kill that dragon. I love that optimism. God, we will find out, listeners, next week. But in the meantime, hang on for dear life, and hopefully we'll see you back here next week. But remember, stay... Stay anonymous. Just sounds sleazy and creepy. Stay anonymous, that age-old piece of advice. Stay anonymous. anonymous. Right, (laughs) listeners, it's over. Piss off. Go home. The end. Episode 99. Moi moi. Hey, hey. Moi moi. Hey, hey.